This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash be here now. This is Chris Grasso with the Indie Spirituals podcast hosted on Ram Dass's Be Here Now Network. And my guest today is a woman who is exceptionally near and dear to my heart is uh, Lissa Rankin, MD. Lissa, thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here with you, Chris. You know, I, I say yes to <laughs> any of the requests to work together with you. It's so much fun. I, I appreciate that. And at times I, <laughs> I, I really like hesitate before I hit that send button when I, you know, I email you. But um, so no, I'm, it's I'm, not just me. You have that impact on people, I think. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. So I, what I want to do quickly is read your bio and then I'm going to tell our listeners a little bit more why you truly are um, incredibly special to me. And, and then we're going to hop into this what I'm sure will be a very engaging uh, and entertaining conversation. So, um, Lisa Rankin, MD, New York Times bestselling author of Mind Over Medicine, The Fear Cure, and The Anatomy of a Calling, is a physician, speaker, mystic, and founder of the Whole Health Medicine Institute. Her latest book is The Daily Flame, 365 Love Letters from Your Inner Pilot Light. Lissa has starred in two national public television specials, and she lives in the San Francisco Bay Area. So, Lissa, again, thank you so much for taking the time. And My pleasure. What I wanted to say before I start out, because I have referenced you, Lissa, I think, in probably almost... 75% of the interviews I do or often in my books or this or that because one of the main questions I get asked and not to make this about me but just to give the audience a little backstory is you know how did you write a book how did you get to do that and for me it kind of happened completely ass backwards you know people um, send query letters to literary agents and you know that in and of itself is a struggle and then even if you secure that the book deal is no guarantee and um, you know you and I had connected along with uh, Amy Allers and uh, I, I hope it's pronounced Allers I don't mean to do her a disservice because Amy's lovely too but um, you know I, I have to give credit because it was thank you to you that I met um, my literary agent, who uh, I consider family. When I got married, I'm now divorced and reengaged, but when I got married, I had 27 people at the wedding, and she and her husband were two of them. So, you know, that's uh, 
from you being such a mentor and um, a heart friend to introducing me to these people because you believed in me. Um, and now to have three books out with major publishers and speaking, um, I trace it quite literally all back to that introduction that you made. And not only that, but the continued unwavering support you've shown me throughout my entire mm quote-unquote career if you want to call it that but uh so i did want to take a moment just to share with listeners how much you really do mean to me and how special this is for me to have you on the show today oh thank you that's getting me all for glumped oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, thank you yeah and, and it's, I, no, no other response. people have done it for me you know I, yeah. I often i often feel like this debt of gratitude to some of the people that have just uh, done things for me that I can never repay. And uh, I always just think of it as like if we all can just pay it forward. Yes. And I thank you for that because that taught me the same. And I have also done the same and made introductions to um, said agents. And some of them have worked out wonderfully. Some have just been a nice conversation. But exactly the same, you know, the ripple effects. So what you did for Mm -hmm. me to this day carries on into the ether and you know hopefully is bringing really good things so i thank you for that but again just yeah i just wanted to share with the audience so listen we've you've got your new book out the daily flame which we are going to get to but the way i like to start my show um and i apologize if this bores you to tears but i do like (laughs) to get a little backstory about my guests because to me I find it interesting. Yes, I want to learn about what are you teaching, what is your your, your core message, etc. But I also want to know about the person behind these teachings. And so, you know, I am, of course, familiar with your story. But on the network, there may be some people who aren't. So even if it's just a nutshell, whatever you care to share, um, just, you know, what made Lissa, who Lissa Rankin is today? And you could start wherever you want, any childhood, early adults, whatever you feel like sharing would be awesome. Hmm. Well, and again, I apologize. I'm sure you've talked about it a lot, but... I wrote a whole book about it called The Anatomy of a Calling. So, <laughs> so for, it's, I, it's, when people ask me that yeah. question, I'm like, gosh, how do I take a book and make it, you know, three sentences? <laughs> Same with Indie Spiritualist. I completely understand. So Yeah, because yeah. it's really the answer to the question, how did I end up here? Yeah. Because I was the child of a physician from a family of missionaries, so he was the black sheep Mm. who went to medical school, and I grew up in kind of a fundamentalist Christian family where science and spirituality were never, there was no intersection. It was, you know, you bring your science to the hospital and you bring your spirituality to the church and never the twain shall meet. And so in that territory, there was really no space for anything uh, in the realm of mysticism or esoteric spiritual teachings or any of the things that my life has become completely centered around. Mm. And, of course, now my work is all around the intersection of science and spirituality and mysticism, so it's kind of like, wow, how did I end up here? (laughs) So I guess that's kind of significant, that I was not raised as, you know, a California hippie by hippie parents who were, you know, pioneers in the New Age movement kind of thing. Like, that was not my background. It was ivory towers of academic education. I was like the straight-A student, good girl, who followed all the rules, you know, and kind of bought into the 
the at least the religion of science. I left the church when I was 18 because I couldn't tolerate the intolerance. Right. <laughs> so I guess that's uh, hilarious that I <laughs> couldn't tolerate intolerance. No, <laughs> I was intolerant. I was intolerant of intolerance. <laughs> Uh, and so then I was, you know, sort of rejected in, in some ways by my own mother for being a bad Christian girl and mm-hmm. uh, abandoning my role in that, in that realm. But I was a good scientist and a good doctor, and I went to places like Duke and Northwestern and kind of did the thing that you do to become a good doctor and practiced as a conventional OBGYN medical doctor in San Diego for eight years. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my the beginning of my life. And of course, what, what I don't, what often goes unspoken is that that led to me taking seven drugs for a variety of chronic health conditions that my doctors told me I would be dependent upon for life. And I believed them because I believed in science and I believed in medicine and I believed that doctors knew best, uh, including myself, (laughs) that I knew best what was right for my patients. And that that's why I went to school for 12 years to become a master of the body, of other people's bodies. So uh, by the time I was 35 years old and pregnant with my daughter, and my father had just been diagnosed with a brain tumor, uh, and I was I had a like 72-hour call shift that was just hell, like wow. one traumatic tragedy after another of dead babies and mothers getting shot in the bellies and like horrible things happening mm-hmm. and at the end of 72 hours of no sleep and very uh, high intensity work, just literally trying to save lives. Uh, I ended up having to go back to the office and see some patients. And one of my patients had written me a letter uh, that I wrote about in the anatomy of a calling and I won't get into the details of it, but essentially she was just letting me know how much I had disappointed her because she had something really vulnerable and painful to share with me. And she had spent months trying to get up the nerve to come in and actually talk to her doctor about it. And she trusted me. And she said, I spent the whole visit just waiting for you to take your hand off the door. Wow. And when I started my job, I was expected to see 25 patients a day. And by the time I quit, I was expected to see 40 patients a day. Yeah. And I, I didn't have a language for it at the time, but I now have the words that uh, psychologists who study return war veterans developed, which is moral injury. I was suffering from moral injury, and it, it led me to be suicidal. And, the, you know, I credit my daughter with me not killing myself because I, the, the reason I didn't kill myself is because I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't bring myself to make that choice for myself and a baby that was already viable. It was already past the 24-week mark, which in OBGYN terms is the definition of kind of when life, potential life starts. So uh, I was, you know, having one of those crisis moments on the floors of bathrooms. It seems that there's something about being on the floor of a bathroom. (laughs) Been there, literally. (laughs) Evokes, (laughs) like literally, the dark dark night of the soul. And I heard this little voice that I had never heard before that was very clear and very loving, and it said, sweetheart, you're going to have to quit your job. And I knew in the moment that I heard it that it was true, that I was killing myself. Uh, And I was sick. I was depressed. I was on my road to an early heart attack. I was taking 
three drugs for high blood pressure. My blood pressure was still 180 over 110. Kept having cardiac events. They kept having to put me on the the um, electrocardioversion because I was having runs of paroxysmal um, supraventricular tachycardia, PSVT, where my heart rate would go into the 200s. Like I was literally breaking my heart. Yeah. And I knew in that moment that I had a choice. It was like a crossroads. And, of course, my mind did not like this piece of guidance because I had a newborn on the way. My husband had not had a job the whole time we had been together. I was the full-time breadwinner. I had $200,000 worth of school debt. And quitting my job would mean paying $120,000 to pay my malpractice tails. So I couldn't even afford to quit. Much, I mean, even if I sold my house and stuff like that. So it was like, wait, I can't do that. And yet the truth of it was really obvious. So that voice began uh, a journey for me. That was in 2005. And after I gave birth to my daughter and my father died two weeks after my daughter was born, my dog died, my healthy young brother wound up in acute liver failure as a side effect from an antibiotic he was taking for a sinus infection. All this went down within two weeks. Uh, and my whole life kind of fell apart. And so I started following that voice, which I now call your inner pilot light, which kind of ties into how did I end up here with my latest book, The Daily Flame, 365 Love Letters from Your Inner Pilot Light, which began as a a daily email. It actually began privately as my daily practice. I would wake up in the morning and I would ask that voice, which isn't always a voice, sometimes it's a a feeling or a knowing or a dream or a synchronicity or somebody on the street who stops me to speak for it. (laughs) Uh, And so I started that practice of waking up in the morning and asking my inner pilot light, what do you want me to know today? And you know, yeah, please, sorry. No, no, you go right ahead. I was just going to say, and and there would always be something that would just come through my fingers. I've been a writer my whole life, so I'm a very fast typist. And it's like my fingers would type something that wouldn't even go through my mind. And then I would read it afterwards and be like, wow, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. And And at some point I was sharing them with my friends and my friends were like, oh, my God, how did you know? That's exactly what I needed to hear today. And so at some point I realized that whatever was coming through although it felt extremely personal just for me, was tapped into some sort of universal wisdom. And so since 2009, I've been publishing this free daily email, The Daily Flame, at innerpilotlight.com. And so this sort of became, I call it my accidental book deal, because I was not ever (laughs) intending for this to become a book. It was kind of like my secret side project, and I didn't even put my name on The Daily Flames. Like lots of people who get The Daily Flame don't even know who writes it. Right. So it's like been sort of my closeted spiritual teaching, but I, I've ha- I have a part that's really resistant to being labeled in any way as a spiritual teacher. I know you and I share this, oh, Chris, but so like, so good God, don't put those projections on me. <laughs> like, trust me, I am no guru, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I'm definitely not a perfect enlightened human or right. any of those stories that people make up. So, yeah, so it kind of is my accidental book. So... Well, it's quite a gift that this accident that you had. Um, it was published by Sounds True, a, an incredible publisher. They did my second book, Everything Mind. Um, I love the folks over there. And what I wanted to do really quick is, first of all, just the brief about on the back. And you already did a wonderful job of kind of giving the overview of the book. But um, on the back, it just reads, The Daily Flame is a 365-day reader by a New York Times bestselling author and acclaimed physician, 
Dr. Lisa Rankin. Each day, you'll receive a new message from your inner pilot light, the spark of divinity within. Let these encouraging and empowering love letters help you connect with your own intuition, purpose, and deepest truth. And so, you know, it just kind of hit me right now, Lisa, as I'm holding the book. If this is cool with you, I in a second, I do want to ask you to talk a little bit about I know you already have mentioned the inner pilot light, but if you don't mind expanding on your definition of that, because like you said, it's something you've been talking about and working with since about 2009, or at least a daily flame. But if it's okay with you to give readers kind of a glance, I figured I would completely randomly, maybe once or twice throughout this conversation, just flip open to a page and read one of the things you'd written is that's perfect it's actually how a lot of people have been using it like an oracle oh cool just kind of yeah like like picking like a tarot deck like making it a prayer right of what because you know it's funny because i wrote the book while my mother was dying from stage four cancer and we were doing the sort of hospice caregiving thing and i was taking my mom around the world on her bucket list trip to on safari in Africa and to these pilgrimage sites in Italy and such, but she was so tired that she was sleeping a lot of the time. And so I spent a whole lot of a year lying in the bed next to my mother while she slept. And so I would, I, I thought, well, I'll just write 365 new daily flames. I really was doing it for myself in some way because that state of when I'm connected to this source and kind of receiving what comes through is a very ecstatic state for me. And I was grieving and in a lot of pain. So it was a kind of lovely spiritual bypass (laughs) of all of my pain. (laughs) And then when my mother would wake up, I would read her what I had written. Hmm. Uh, And so it, 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 like I said, it was sort of an accidental book because I was writing these, these things as a, as a kind of journey. And then Tammy Simon sort of accidentally got her hands on it when we were doing an audio program. Uh, and for those who don't know, Tammy Simon is the founder, and, and she, she is, sounds true, um, the head of Sounds True, lovely woman. but um, Wonderful yes. woman. I have such a girl crush on Tammy. Yeah, she's, she's great. such an amazing human. And so we were doing an audio program called Inner Pilot Light for Sounds True, and I just mentioned that I had put together these things that were kind of going to be like a gift for my Daily Flame list, and she asked if she could take a gander at it. And mm. next thing I know, I was getting a, a book offer. Mm. But when I wrote the book, I wrote it, in a particular sequence on purpose, uh, as a journey, like Mm. it's, it's crafted that way. But so I found it really like kind of awesome and unpredictable and, you know, not what I anticipated that a lot of people are like, Oh my God, it works best for me. If I just open to the page I'm supposed to read today. So it's interesting because I am the type of person where I typically like to read front to back. Um, you know, I, with my first couple of books, actually all three of my books, you don't need to do that. And I, which is weird that I wrote them like that because I am a kind of straightforward reader. I like, you know, from point A to point B. Um, so it is interesting that, um, I just, I don't know. I felt this calling just to kind of flip and open and I haven't done it yet, but, um, just to do that. So I appreciate that you're saying it was written with the intention of being read, you know, in order. However, you're hearing people are using it in other ways and it's working. And so rock on. That's that's what's working. Totally. For them. And cool. So then is it cool then if I right now I just flip and find absolutely wherever. So I will say a quick intention before I do that wherever this 
book lands on, whatever page, may it be of service to as many people listening as possible. And then, oh, a really quick side note, I just have to say, because you mentioned your mom, and you know that was really beautiful and touching about that experience. Um, but on behalf of my mom, too, I wanted to say thank you. I'm, my mom is still with us, and um, I'm very gifted. She and my father are my two biggest supports. But my mom especially loves you so much, Lissa. Like, it's amazing. And I, I, yeah, like... Thanks, Mom! Yeah, I have to say, because <laughs> um, whenever... I think at some point you said hi via email, or I said, tell your mom <laughs> I said hi, and seriously, it made her day. She... And what I love um, is that she... Thanks for raising Chris, Mom! Aw, yeah. Well, yes, absolutely. Thank you, Mom, for that. Um, it wasn't easy, to say <laughs> the least, but uh, <laughs> she doesn't read a lot of... Um, the spiritual stuff she has gotten into it which i more of but she adores your work and that means a lot to me that for someone like my mom who's not typically interested in in a lot of the stuff that i am um not to say none because she does have a bookshelf with some stuff but she loves you and your work and your ted talk so it just uh it reminded me of that so um, Aww, yeah I to, yeah no i wanted to show that because my mom is and dad they're obviously and my brother the you know three most special people in my life and my fiance anyways i'm gonna flip now uh and stop my tangent um and those who know my show know this is you know i don't pre-plan anything so i'm i feel like i'm on video but i'm even looking away from the book as i'm doing this and okay (laughs) so we land on page 109 and it reads sweetness With all the priests and gurus and self-help authors trying to convince you that they and they alone have the ticket to your happiness, health, well-being, wealth, and enlightenment, it's easy to lose sight of me. It's so tempting to give all that power away to another human, someone you can put on a pedestal and project onto them some sort of perfection. But every time you look outside for someone else who will make all the decisions for your life... You distance yourself from the power of guidance and discernment that lives right inside of you. Me, 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 exclamation point in parentheses. Sure, sometimes you lose your way and you need guides to lend you a compass until you contact me. But keep that in mind when you seek help from the outside. Charlatans and megalomaniacs make you believe you're dependent on them. The real deal will always point you right back to where your ultimate truth lies the best guru ever, your inner pilot light. And that's crazy, Lissa, because one, we already kind of touched on that, but how wonderfully does that segue? Because right before this, I said, I want you to go a little deeper into, you know, your inner pilot light. And I know you sign each one. Right, and here I'm saying, ah, don't make me the guru. Like, your inner pilot light (laughs) is the guru. (laughs) You know, on everything I hold dear and sacred, my family, everyone I just mentioned, I to all listeners, I know you believe me anyways, but that was the page that just happened, uh, I opened up to. So... But that's how it's working. That's Isn't what I'm saying. Crazy? There's something quite mystical and magical in how it's working for people as a oracle. Yeah, and I love that because something I wanted to talk to you about later, if we have time, we will get to is exactly what you wrote in that about you know trusting your your intuition and your inner pirate light. But so what a, what a segue. Um, like I'd mentioned, can you talk a little bit more about what the inner pilot is or means to you? along with how someone like, well, I'm kind of familiar with your work already, but let's say someone who's not, how can they t- 
tap into their inner pilot light and, and what can it do for them? Mm, well, that's kind of two different questions. So let me answer yes. them separately. Like the first is sort of what is your inner pilot yes. light? And let me read directly uh, because, of course, that's how I start the book. Perfect. <laughs> what is your inner pilot light? Poet Mark Nepo describes it best. Each person is born with an unencumbered spot, free of expectation and regret free of ambition and embarrassment, free of fear and worry, an umbilical spot of grace where we were each first touched by God. I love that description. It's from unlearning your way back to God. So I go on in the book. Every life begins when a small spark of the eternal flame of cosmic consciousness splits off like a glowing ember of a universal bonfire. This unique spark ignites as the organizing intelligence that creates your organs, divides your cells, and develops you perfectly into a precious being decorated with thoughts, preferences, gifts, talents, emotions, and eccentricities. The inner pilot light begins in every baby as the untainted, radiant, buoyant light of God-Goddess, but often gets filmed over by trauma, conditioning, and the illusion of separation from the eternal flame from which this unique spark arises. Although your inner pilot light may grow dim as life's inevitable challenges threaten to snuff out the full brilliance of this luminous fire, rest assured that your inner pilot light never burns out. Even when you die, the spark returns to the eternal flame, adding the brilliance of this unique fractal of life to that which creates all life. In mystical moments, you may be graced with a direct merging with your inner pilot light, experiencing moments of clear seeing, transcendental knowing, enlivening ecstasy, bliss, and unity as your unique flame merges with the bonfire of all life. Yet more often than not, your inner pilot light plays hide-and-seek, like fog creeping into a valley between coastal mountains off an ocean, cooling the luminous flames and quieting the burn back to an ember, then retreating back to sea and revealing your inner pilot light in all its blazing clarity and glory. You may have moments of true remembering of the oneness that links us all. Then the fog rolls back in and you may forget once again that your singular flame is also part of the one bonfire. Over time, the fog may roll in less and the fire within you may gain fuel from the practices that connect you to the eternal flame, stoking your inner fire with your devotion, your discipline, your prayers, your humility, and your longing to reconnect with that which once burst you into life. As you peel away all that is not love to allow more oxygen to fan the flames of consciousness in your original spark, as the inevitable trauma of human life heals, and as the center of your love is unveiled, this flame within you grows to fill yourselves. This original spark fills your whole body till it bleeds through your skin as an invisible field of love that touches the spaces around you, lending this warmth to all who come near. Mm. I go on. The whole first chapter is more of an answer to that question, but uh, that's, I mean, in theological terms, you might call the inner pilot light the divine feminine. It's if if the emptiness or the, the Shiva, the no thing, the void is the sacred masculine, then the inner pilot light is the fullness, the everything, the embodiment of divinity in creation, in form. It's the Shakti. Mm. Uh, yeah. 
So that's a quick answer. Yeah, well, and that's... <laughs> and I've been, ex- I've been exploring this for 10 years, as you said, so it's so... I just got back from doing an event at a meditation center in Los Angeles, and I'm realizing that I'm now on the other side of these, like, m- these questions of the mystery, and I'm like, oh, God, it happened. I'm here. I'm the one on the stage <laughs> with people asking the questions that have no answers. Yes. Now, and that's what is your inner pilot like? Yeah. Yeah. What a tricky place to be in. Again, which I can understand totally. all too well. And like you and I were discussing before the call, those disclaimers are ever so important. Um, mm-hmm. But um, okay, so the second part was talking, or I was asking you about how someone can begin to develop this. Whether I don't know the exact word that is apropos here, but for lack of a better word, like a relationship and understanding, yeah. and, you know, something to that effect of their intimacy. Own. I would, intimacy. Yeah, I would beautiful. call it intimacy. I love that. Develop. I think of it personally. I, I sort of, I'm very bhakti and devotional yeah. in my spiritual nature. I'm very feminine in that way. And yeah. so it, it helps me to identify with this aspect of my being as a kind of divine beloved, uh, as this, uh, essence that I'm in intimate l- love relationship with. And so, um, you know, I know a lot of traditions sort of collapse the duality so that there is no other and there's no, to have an object, there must be a subject and then there must be separateness. But to me, the, the non-dual universe is both, uh, one and many. It's, yeah. There's a multiplicity and a singularity. And so, uh, I, because of the nature of the way that my spiritual essence flows, um, p- pretending to be in the duality of me and this other mm. is ma- makes my practices more fun, more playful, mm. and more it feels more intimate. So um, for me, that connection to the intimacy, I, I have so many practices that I personally use. It was funny, my my husband, we, we've been together you know, less than a year. So it's a new marriage. And so he's witnessing how I operate in my spiritual life. And he's like, Oh my gosh, how do you do this? And it's so funny because again, it's not something I ever talk about. I write about it in the daily flames for the past 10 years. And the book is full of practices, but I've never actually sat down to try to teach somebody else how to do what I do personally to develop this connection, this intimacy. And so I guess I would say that the first thing, like if, if you're asking the how, the first thing is to recognize the longing for it. Wow. Good point. Yeah. Right. So there's a longing that, that, that is the kind of longing that Rumi writes about, right? The longing for the friend, the longing for the beloved, uh, that desire itself is a kind of invocation. And I think to even begin to think that we know how to do that is um, betrays the whole point, mm. right? So if you even notice that you have a longing to develop more intimacy with this aspect of your being, to surrender that very longing to the universe, to the divine, whatever you want to call it, sure. uh, and in that humility of knowing we don't know how to do it. And it's a paradox because I can also give you some tools <laughs> and practices. And I, at Olivier's suggestion, uh, I actually developed a whole online program called Connect to Your Inner Pilot Light, which 
people can find. It's on a sliding scale, so it's really meant to be totally available to anybody who needs it at innerpilotlight.com because I realized this is so fundamental to not only personal spiritual development but to peacemaking in the world, to like global planetary change that Olivier and I decided to sit down and uh, he said, well, why don't you just teach me? And he's a sound engineer, music producer. So he's like, okay, I'll record it. That's awesome. I do want to just make a practices. I want to make a quick note, uh, Lisa, to our listeners that um, I know you've mentioned a couple of links and I'm going to ask for those again at the end. But if you're listening, don't worry about jotting those down, because if you're (laughs) on the Be Here Now page, we provide them for you. Just simply scroll down and everything Lisa mentioned is a click away. So I just like to remind our listeners, like, I don't want them to start scrambling for a pen and paper and miss out on something important. Yeah. So, um, so don't worry. The links will be provided for you again at the end of the show, but also you'll just scroll on down at the Be Here Now Network uh, page and, and it's a click away. So I just wanted to throw that out there really quick. Carry on, Lisa. Great. Yeah, so again, that longing, that desire for connection. One of the practices that I teach in that program, uh, it's based on a, a kind of uh, a, a variation of a meditation that I learned from Tosha Silver, who wrote the book Outrageous Open Me- Openness, yes, yeah. which is what I call the God Box Meditation. Yeah. And it's a, a kind of practice that I use, no kidding, I probably use this 10 times a day. Wow. Because... And, and Tosha has an entire career around this one practice because it's the, the teaching is very simple and the practice of it is extremely difficult mm. because we are in a culture that values the mind, that values the intellect and rational analytical thought and logic. And so at least 10 times a day, I forget that there's this other way of being in the flow of life, of surrendering yeah my personal will to divine will or to my inner pilot light, if you want to call it that, to ask for help, to be in that humble place of, oh, I'm yearning for deeper intimacy with my inner pilot light. Help me. Yeah. Right? Because the minute we think we know, we're not in that, uh, we're not on our knees. Yeah. Yeah. We think we're empowered. And so, again, I talk a lot about paradoxes because it is empowering. We can be proactive. There are things that we can do to deepen our connection with our discipline, with our practice, with our uh, action. Right. And we're not in control. (laughs) We can't control that connection. Right. So for me, part of the practice of the God Box Meditation is I have three cues for myself, and I'll say them slowly in case people do want to write them down, but it's all in that program. There are three reminders that I use to myself all the time, and I've been doing this for, I don't know, seven years, so I have years of experience doing this, and I still forget all the time, Mm. and they are any unmet longing, any unmet longing, so that's why the longing to connect to your inner pilot light would fit into that category of something that you want that you don't have yet, and you notice maybe that your mind is trying to figure out, how do I get it? (laughs) I want connection with my inner pilot light. Let me strategize so that I can get it, right? So I I do that all the time. I want this. I'm not getting it. How do I get it? Unmet longing. So number two is unsolved problem. So something's happening in my life. I think I have to figure out how to solve this problem, whether it's a simple technical 
issue with the phone not working when we're connecting and it's disconnecting us in the middle of a conversation <laughs> or whatever. The dog just ate a sock. Yeah. True story. The puppy oh, no. just ate a sock. She's eaten like seven socks. Oh. We keep, she keeps going shopping like in all the hidden places and finding socks. We didn't know we're there. Oh, the dog just ate a sock. It's an unsolved problem. Yeah. How do I, how do I get the sock out of her belly? Oh, I think I'm in control of that. Right. Right? Unsolved problem. By the way, the dog's fine. She threw up the sock. So. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you for, for, <laughs> thank you for dog that. lovers. You need closure anxious. on that one. Thank you. <laughs> about my puppy. <laughs> yes. Apparently, uh, dog digestive tracts are um, commensurate with dog intelligence. So, ah, very good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So far, at least. So far. Yeah. Um, yeah, so unsolved problem, right? Because I can go into a panic over how do I solve the problem of there's a sock in my dog's belly. Right. And the third one is undecided decision. And these are the, the decisions that weigh heavy on our hearts. Should I quit my job as a doctor in the hospital when I'm about to be a mom and we don't have the money to quit? Yeah. Uh, should I stay with my partner or is it time to get divorced? Should I move? My daughter's about to be... Uh, Finishing eighth grade in a Waldorf school that she's been in since preschool, we've thought about like going to Bali or going to France, where my husband's from. Should we move or should we stay in one location? These are big things, right? Right. Uh, so if we practice with the little things, then it's easier to know how to do these practices. So why not, why not use the practices when you're ordering off a menu? Mm. Yeah, there's an undecided decision. What should mm. I order? Right. Where should I go on holiday this weekend? So those three cues, unmet longing, unsolved problem, undecided decisions, are the cues for me that my mind is trying to control and I need to humble myself and ask for help and take those longings and problems and decisions and put them in the God box and trust that there are these great arms of love that I, I like to actually visualize as my inner pilot light. Like I can hand these things, cast the burden of these things to my inner pilot light and ask my inner pilot light to take over the wheel. Mm. Like take over the wheel of my life and show me, show me. So it's not passive. It's not a passive. People often associate surrender with like, putting up the white flag. And it is, you are putting up the white flag. You are defeated right. in your mind's ability to control your life. You will lose. Right. So you might as well cave early. <laughs> yes, and I, it, there is strength in surrender, something I've learned, you know, firsthand all too well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so... And it's not, like I said, it's not passive because right. if there is proactive action to be taken, you will be guided right? and you will know. And it comes from a different place than thinking it up. It's like it drops in. Yeah. Well, which kind of leads me into another question about discernment when it comes to this inner pilot light and, and your intuition. So as you are particularly describing point three, kind of the bigger stuff in life, it brought me right back to a moment where I was um, literally more than halfway through an internship. I had to finish that and I had a math course and I was finishing a degree in substance abuse counseling and I was miserable because the majority of the time was spent doing paperwork 
and not actually with the residents and the clients. So that's not what I wanted to do with my life. And everything in my gut just, it wasn't a mental thing. It was just, uh, this is not right. And so I sat down and talked with my professor um, and she could sense that this is really, you know, it wasn't a fit for me. And, and she's like, you know, normally I would try to talk someone out of this, but I really believe you have something else you need to follow. And I didn't know what that was, but that led me to, um, well, I'd already started the Indie Spirituals website, but really something just said, focus on this, focus on this. And I don't know why I wasn't making any money from it. I was working, but that was a side project, but which then led me to you and to books and, you know, these wonderful things. And that was very scary being so close to getting this degree and stopping because I just trusted my inner pilot light. Now that said on the other side, um, and I know this is a different case for me because a lot of people listening don't have this, but you know, I have that addiction. I, drugs and alcohol are a real issue for me and have been in my life. And it is said for those that have that addiction, that this illness or whatever, people call it different names and bicker and banter over, you know, what to call it. I'm not going to get into that, but, you know, whatever you care to call it, it can talk to you in your own voice. And it has like these really great ideas. And I'm sure for people who don't have that issue, you know, we we have these great ideas that, you know, we're, we're conjuring up, but might not be the the inner pilot like they might just be you know maybe an egoic thought or you know something like I want this but maybe not for the right reason so a very long-winded way my apologies of saying is there some tips you can give on the discernment of really like this is my inner pilot light versus this is just me thinking and I, I appreciate I love you said start small but it, is there anything else aside from that that you might recommend to listeners? And I'm also asking personally because I, I would love to know because I still struggle with it too. It is such an important question. There's a lot in the Daily Flame book about that, and I have a whole section on it in the Connect to Your Inner Pilot Light program cool. specifically because, first of all, I want to say, if you ever meet anybody who tells you they have the direct connection to God <laughs> and they are 100% sure that their inner pilot light is giving them the guidance and that it is, the, it is aligned with divine will to do X, Y, and Z. Do not trust them. Yes, 100%. So we can have what, we, what the Quakers call a leading, right, where you feel like you're being almost pulled, and usually it's in a direction your mind doesn't like. So if your mind loves it, it's probably not your inner pilot light. (laughs) That doesn't mean that my inner pilot, that that my mind doesn't sometimes like what my inner pilot light is guiding me to do. But I would say 80% of the time I have resistance to what I'm being guided to do. So uh, I'll I'll give you the, I'll give you an example. Hmm. um, And then I'm going to answer the question with some specifics. but, But the first thing, so, so it's again, back to the paradox. You can't know for sure, and there are practices and tools that you can use to test yourself and to confirm your guidance. Mm. So, and one of the things is rely on other people. So, you know, I, I personally am very skeptical of people who claim to be following an inner compass and they have isolated themselves. They, they, they don't have their own spiritual teacher. They don't have a community double-checking and free to challenge them. They don't have a therapist. 
I have all of those things. Same. I have people <laughs> challenging me all the time. Yes. And if I say I'm following my guidance and one of the people that I trust calls bullshit on me, yep. then I pause, right? Stop in my tracks and like ask for more confirmation. It doesn't mean that I give my power away to those right. people. Right. It doesn't mean, and, and often the people, you know, at least back when I was quitting my job, everybody in my life at the time thought I was nuts. I was having a nervous breakdown. I just needed to go have an affair and buy a Ferrari like everybody else. Right, yeah. Uh, and so I didn't have any other people to support my trust in my, in my inner pilot light's guidance, what was feeling like very clear guidance to me at the time. Um, but I have since developed a series of discernment questions that I use to double-check myself. And one of the things I've discovered is that if you're not sure, a maybe is a not yet. Mm. So you can keep asking for confirmation. This, that which is listening is responsive. Mm. And there's no shame. There's, that which is supporting you does not mind if you doubt it. In fact, it's perfectly fine. It's neutral. Right. Go ahead, doubt. So I'll give you an example, just a quick story. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I have about 30 different tools that I use. The God Box meditation is just one of them. But sure. I have another one that I, I like to jokingly call Pandora Roulette. And I am as obsessed about music as you are, Chris. I, I read Rolling it. Stone cover to cover. Like some of my favorite nights are when I'm on Amazon, just like listening to everything Rolling Stone has reviewed. Yeah. And downloading music and making playlists. And oh. I live in a place where I have almost no cell service. So I have to do it old school and like buy the MP3s and put them on my iPod. <laughs> I've got like the old school iPod because my phone doesn't stream. Yeah. Well, that's dedication yeah. right there. Respect. Totally. I'm Respect. like obsessed. <laughs> so I have, t no kidding, tens of thousands of songs on my iPod. Yeah. And I also have Pandora on my computer because I do have Wi-Fi here. Yeah. So sometimes if I'm seeking guidance, or even maybe I'm feeling a leading, but I'm looking for confirmation. I'll play a little game, and I, may, I, I always make it a prayer, just the way you did when you opened the Daily Flame book. Mm. Um, like, I'm, I'm invoking, I'm wanting to follow divine will. I don't know what it is. It's a mystery. Please help. Let me use music as a clue. Mm. So when, my, when I met my current husband at a Tantra event, and we hit it off very quickly, and within two months of meeting me, he proposed to me. Wow. And I was thinking, this is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy, right? This is, and I, I've been married before. I'm like, I'm never getting married again. I do not need to get married. This is yeah. not for me. <laughs> right? So, but yeah. obviously, this is why it's worth practicing with, you know, what should I order off the menu? Because right. when it comes time to should I marry this person, now the stakes are high. Yeah. So I... I practiced like 15 of the practices that are in that program, the Connect to Your Inner Pilot Light program, for confirmation. And if you start getting the same answer from a bunch of different places, it starts feeling a little bit more like, all right, something is trying to get my attention. And it was hilarious because I was out on a hiking trail, so I didn't have access to the Wi-Fi. So I put on my iPod on random, and I made the prayer, should I marry Olivier? And no joke, this song I had never even heard came on. I just pulled it up. Cause, so I have the lyrics in front of me. It's called Whatever It Is by Ben Lee. Okay, yep. And the lyrics are, are basically this. Are you changing? Are you changing? Are you changing? Do you know it? Do you feel it? Do you know it? 
Why you're waiting, why you're waiting, why you're waiting. Just do it, whatever it is. And the whole thing is just do it, whatever it is. They might tell you, yeah, they'll tell you that you shouldn't. Just do it, whatever it is. Um, You're dancing and you're looking kind of crazy. And your arms are making little circles. There are reasons, there are reasons you can find out. So do it, whatever it is, whatever it is. Just do it, whatever it is, whatever it is. And I just started crying. My goodness. I mean, I've never heard this song, right? Yeah. Now it's yeah. become sort of like our song. Yeah. Uh, because by the end of a bunch of different practices that all confirmed the same thing, and then going through my discernment questions, which I'm going to read to you now, yeah. I was like, oh my God, I have no idea why, but I guess I'm supposed to marry this guy. Oh. And he's very much a, a sort of transformational growth partner. Like we've definitely chosen intimacy as a spiritual path. Like I yeah. think... My checkout fantasy sometimes is just to go move to a, the monastery in Big Sur and just live a monastic life. Like, relationships are too hard. Yeah. Just let me be by myself with my inner pilot light in this ecstatic bliss state, by my, you know, alone in a little cell. I've always kind but of felt that. that as, my, I was just going to say, that's kind of always yeah. been a plan B for me, too. But it's, like totally. I think you're about to say, that's not what life is calling you to do or, or you know, not to put words in your mouth, but that's not what life has in store for you or something to that effect. It's not my path. Like I really believe I'm supposed to do this the harder way, which is with another person. Yeah. Yeah. So he's been an amazing partner for that. And we're like bumping up against all of our childhood wounds and we're both in weekly trauma (laughs) therapy since our wedding. Yeah. Hear that. Hear that. (laughs) Yeah. So it does. And and I want to say that, just because I got guided to marry my husband doesn't mean things will go well. Sure. Right? People kind of have this story of like, if only I make this connection to my inner pilot light, then I will get everything I want and I will avoid everything I don't want. That's not my story at all. Yeah. Divine will does not mean that things uh, don't happen that can be quite uh, challenging and painful. Like, I don't have, like I said, I don't have a story that life is uh, supposed to be that easy. Right. So I also don't think we need necessarily put ourselves through trauma because life has plenty of it. Yeah, exactly. But there's a quote by, there's a quote by A.H. Almas that I love that mm. says, your conflicts, all the difficult things, the problematic situations in your life are not chance or haphazard. They are actually yours. They are specifically yours, designed specifically for you by a part of you that loves you more than anything else. Mm. The part of you that loves you more than anything else has created roadblocks to lead you to yourself. You are not going in the right direction unless there is something pricking you in the side telling you, look here, this way. That part of you loves you so much that it doesn't want you to lose the chance. It will go to extreme measures to wake you up. It will make you suffer greatly if you don't listen. What else can it do? That is its purpose. Mm -hmm. To me, that is your inner pilot light. So it will sometimes guide you into prickly situations where your deepest soul growth is about to show up for you. Yeah. And if we, if we sign up for what's aligned for us more so than signing up for getting what we want and avoiding what we don't want, life becomes really mysterious and full of awe, but not always easy. Yes, definitely not easy. <laughs> but that's yeah. where the growth comes, you know. Not there's so totally. many cliches around that, but they're cliche for a reason. And um, you and I very much, are, you know, our stories are different. But I know we relate 
so much on that level of um, hardships and and really tough life lessons, but that became that fuel um, and continues to be for both of us as we were speaking before we started. Um, continues. Um, it's a never ending, at least through this lifetime journey, the the healing journey. As far as I am concerned, will never be completed because life will never, as you just said, not be handing us various forms of trauma or conflict or pain and but it's not all doom and gloom either you know there's also beauty and joy and love and and that is the awe which i I believe you use that word the awe of this this just experience this weird wild wonderful terrifying human experience sure well, I, I, you mentioned trauma, and we've talked about trauma a, a bit, and I've been doing a lot of work lately with Richard Schwartz, who's the creator of Internal Family Systems, IFS. Mm. He's one of the people that I've been interviewing. I'm, I'm seven years into researching a book called Sacred Medicine uh, about what really makes us sick and what really predisposes us to potentially miraculous healings. Sure. And one of the areas that's caught my interest is these people that have developed trauma healing therapies and as a side effect, oh, their cancer's going away. Huh. That's yeah. reasonably interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, and so people like Asha Clinton, who developed Advanced Integrative Therapy, who I'm going to be teaching with in April, we're teaching uh, a training together for healthcare providers. Awesome. And people like Dick Schwartz, we're, we're doing a workshop before the Internal Family Systems Conference in Denver in September, uh, a a full-day workshop about the implications of IFS in medicine. Uh, And so Dick, essentially the model that he's teaching uh, is what he calls self-leadership, meaning that we are all a multiplicity of parts. We we basically all have multiple personality disorder. And the difference between people with a diagnosis of DID or dissociative identity disorder who get pathologized by, uh, by psychiatrists the difference between those people and healthy people with self-leadership is that all of the parts have a leader of what he calls self with a capital S and what I call your inner pilot light. And Dick and I have kind of hashed this out, and there's really no difference between what he's calling self and what I'm calling your inner pilot light. Mm-hmm. And so when you ask about discernment, how can we tell, is it self-talking? Right. Is it self-leading all these parts? So maybe a part is saying, hey, Chris, let's go get a drink. That would be super fun. I think it's aligned with divine will, right? Yeah, yeah, so maybe not, right? So how do we we tell? Well, just this one time because it's Lissa and we could go, we we might be creating a whole program together. Like, okay, interesting. Thank you. I will take that into consideration, right? How do we tell these impulses that come through and these voices? We basically, the minute you sit down to meditate, you'll start to hear all of your parts trying to get your attention. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so the way that Dick teaches meditation is he basically says our parts don't like the prasana. They get insulted if you treat them like clouds and just tell them to float on by (laughs) because they have something they think is trying to protect you. Right. And so he doesn't pathologize any of those parts. He doesn't really believe in the DSM. So he doesn't pathologize, for example, addict parts or suicide parts or dissociative parts or rage parts or cutting parts or all of the ways that parts might think that they're protecting us that might look destructive Mm. or destabilizing to the psyche. But 
he sees them all that if you befriend them and you show up as self to get to know them and try to understand how they think they're protecting you, then they start to trust self and self can take the lead and make the decisions and orient towards life. But the thing that I love that he talks about is that a lot of people have what he calls a self-like part. I it's like a part that. sort of masquerading yeah. as your inner pilot light. Yeah. And it can be very tricky. So that's where the discernment comes in really handy because the self-like part, it really has an agenda. But it's pretending it doesn't have an agenda and that it's <laughs> surrendering to divine. We're like, right? Like, so it's very sneaky. And right. if you discover, if, you're, if you come, when I'm doing this IFS work with clients, I don't see one-on-one clients much, but I do a mentoring program where I do do it some in my workshops and yeah. in my one-on-one work. And if you identify a self-like part in somebody else, oh, it does not like to get seen. Oh, boy. <laughs> It's really yeah. irritated if yeah. I say, oh, is that a self-like part? And it goes, up. Oh, hang on, yeah. <laughs> it's a backpedal. So we do have these self-like parts or these inner pilot light imitators that are in our systems, and they also think they're protecting us. So let me read you the questions that are in the book. This yeah. is from uh, Love Letter number 103. Awesome. And these are some questions that I ask myself if I think I'm getting led in a particular direction and I'm wondering, is this my inner pilot light or is this a self-like part or is it some other part that's trying to protect me? Hmm. And not no one of these works on its own because you might be guided to do something that uh, you answer this question in a way that might feel like, oh yeah, I shouldn't do it. But it's more like the constellation of questions. Mm, so gotcha. I use them all together. Yep. Is it kind? Does it feel like shackles on or shackles off? Is there aliveness here? Does it nourish or deplete me? Does it feel natural, efficient, easeful, peaceful, and graceful? Does it make sense? That's a big one. Like I said, there will sometimes be things that you're guided to do that don't make sense. Right. But if it's completely irrational and violates all common sense, then slow down, pay attention. Does it exhaust me or fill me with dread? Will it hurt anyone? Would love do this? How does this feel in my body? Am I feeling pressured or rushing? Is it coercive or controlling? Is it ethical and aligned with my core values? Will this cultivate the stillness in me? What's true and not true about this? That last one is a big one for me because it's, you know, the mind can't hold paradox. Only the heart can. Hmm. So sometimes I'll feel, oh, this feels true for me, but then some other part is like, wait, that doesn't feel true. And if I can ask what's true and not true about this, then I can realize that sometimes both the true thing and its opposite uh, can be held in a kind of paradox that relaxes the mind and lets my heart feel into what's most right. I absolutely love that. So, yeah. Those are some of the really just practical ways of, of discerning. And again, I always come back to what I started with, which is a kind of prayer of, let us pray for that which is most right. I don't know what right, what's right. 
But let us pray for that which is most right. And show me, give me confirmation. If I can't tell, if I can't tell, the answer is no, basically. Mm. It's not a yes until it's a clear yes. And even then, like I said, there's always a little bit of hesitation. I'm never sure. But I can say at some point, I'm sure enough that I'm going to go back to Olivier and say yes. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I'm sitting here deeply touched, feeling uh, all sorts of different emotions from this conversation. <laughs> and, you know, what the, the thing that's kind of blowing my mind right now, Liz, is we've kind of, all we've really been talking about is kind of what the book is about. And yes, we've discussed and you've shared a, a bit uh, of what's in it, but that hasn't even begun to scratch the surface of what <laughs> is in this book. So if I'm feeling this moved in, I'm guessing those that are listening are probably experiencing similar. Um, I, I mean, that's that's just about the book, essentially. Imagine now picking this book up and having these 365 love letters from your inner pilot light to inspire you every single day, whether it is read from front to back, or as we discussed earlier, just flip open to a page and, you know, trusting that whatever you need to read that day will be there. Um, this is an, a very potent book in the best possible way, uh, one that I cannot recommend enough. And again, listeners know that I don't recommend things that I truly don't believe in. And I have to thank you for that, Lissa, one of the earliest, <laughs> honestly, one of the earliest lessons. And I don't know if you remember this, but you said to me before Indie Spirituals came out, you said a lot of things are going to come your way. You're going to get a lot of invitations. Um, you know, this is, of course, not verbatim, but something to that effect. And she said, yeah. or, and you said, before you get wrapped up in the whirlwind, the best advice I can give you right now is to draw your integrity line in that sand, your authenticity line. What are you willing to do and what aren't you willing to do? Uh, because if you're if you try to decide when you're in the middle of it, you're going to your head's going to be like it's a tornado and you may not, you know, have that same capacity to hold to your authenticity if you haven't thought about it ahead of time. So, um, you know, that's another reason why um, I have guests on the show that I believe in their message. And, and I thank you for that. Mm. Um, so to kind of bring us full circle back to the gratitude I have for you that I expressed at the beginning of our conversation Um I know we're we're basically out of time, um, but you know this conversation has truly meant the world to me, listen, and I'm sure it's been very beneficial to everyone who has checked it out. Um, and I also know you have a few different websites, so if you don't mind sharing those, and then again, for anyone listening, don't worry about writing them down. Lisa will share them now, but just scroll down, and we will have them linked on the uh, be here now page. So Lisa, whichever, or all of them, please feel free to share. Cause I, I do know you have a few different ones. Well, the, the one that's specifically dedicated to everything related to the inner pilot light is innerpilotlight.com. That's where people can sign up for the free daily flame yeah. and the book links are there. And the sounds true program is there and the connect to your inner pilot light program that Olivier and I put together is there. So awesome. that's sort of the, all things related to that. I've written six, books. So I have lots of other websites for all these other books, but you can find all of them at lissarankin.com, L-I-S-S-A-R-A-N-K-I-N.com. And that's where I blog. So if you, that, there's a whole other newsletter there. So if you want to be 
alerted when I write a new blog or about events and things like that. That's all separate on the LissaRankin.com newsletter. Perfect. Well, Lissa, thank yeah. you. I mean, I, I, I feel like we could talk for five more hours. Unfortunately, we don't have the time. But um, is there anything last minute that we didn't discuss that you wanted to leave readers or not readers, listeners with? Or um, do you feel like this is a good place to say a, or bid well, adieu? Can, I just asked the book whether there's one that it wants to finish with. Can I close with one reading from uh, the book? Please, that would be a perfect ending. Okay. Dearest Star Child, you may not see us or feel us, but I want you to know that in this moment and always, you are completely supported, held in great arms of love by an army of love warriors. There are many other inner pilot lights in the world here on a mission to uplift and midwife planet Earth through this difficult birth transition that is underway. We have come from far away, born of stardust from places of expanded consciousness, planted like star seeds on this beautiful planet to be beacons of light when Mother Gaia needs us most. If you doubt me, feel into your own heart. Be curious. Wonder why you're here. Have you always felt a bit different, as if you don't quite fit in with all the others who rape, plunder, and pillage beautiful Mother Earth? Have you always had a soft spot in your heart for the underdogs? Have you always felt the impulse to protect nature? Do you caretake children and elders? Do you yearn for a simpler life, one free from greed, narcissism, materialism, and the story of separation? Do you feel this great longing in your heart for something you can almost remember, this great oneness where all beings live in harmony and reunion? Yes, love, I know you feel it. That's because you're one of us, and we are all here to wake each other up, to remember who we are and why we're here. A great number of beings are all converging on this planet right now on a divine assignment as a mission of love. You are not alone, my love. Your star tribe is here, wrapping you in loving arms and lifting you up with moon bows. The universe is here, holding you, guiding you, sending you signs so you don't lose your way. I am here, whispering the truth, reflecting back your beauty and brilliance, always aligned and never betraying you. Sparkling with stardust, your inner pilot light. I couldn't think of a better way to absolutely end this with. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> The book, again, is called The Daily Flame, 365 Love Letters from Your Inner Pilot Light, available literally wherever books are sold, online, in stores. Um, do yourself a favor, pick this book up. And after you've picked this book up, uh, I'm quite sure you'll be inspired to go back and read Lissa's previous works, which are absolutely, they're all incredible. So um, from my heart, Lissa, sincerely, um, for the podcast, for everything you've done for me in my life, and for everything you've done for everyone everywhere which is a lot of people um <laughs> deep deep bows to you for your work and your heart Thank and your generosity you. in this world you're 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 a, a shining beacon for sure Thank you. And yeah. thank you to everybody who's listening. Those those of you who are feeling that longing for more intimacy with this divine beloved inside. It is it is not for the faint of heart. Yeah. It's kind of a brave badass move to it's like a revolutionary act. Yeah to stand against the culture's norms of how to orient towards your life. It's complete reorientation. Absolutely. But I just want to honor the courage for those that are feeling that impulse or are already on that journey. Just 
deep bow, namaste. Yeah, and and I will just add to that, and, and as we close it, um, it is a heart thing, and that's why I adore the fact that I have I look to someone like Lissa, who is a mentor, who came up completely different than I did. You know, we look completely different. We, you know, so we have tons of similarities, but at face value, you, I don't think you would picture Alyssa and I necessarily sitting down having a cup of coffee (laughs) together, but that's what this is about. It's so much deeper than that. It's such a heart Mm. thing. And, uh, and really, and that's, you know, why Star tribe. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So Alyssa, thank you again for everything you're doing in the world. You're a gift. And, uh, and I send you lots of love and deep appreciation. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, everybody. (laughs) Bye. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BeHereNow today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash BeHereNow.